This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone. I'm Bev Jones, and this is Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. Our guest today is Jamie Alexis Fowler. You could describe her career path as social innovation. Most recently, she's the founder and executive director of a groundbreaking nonprofit called Empower Work. You might want to remember the website, empowerwork.org. If you're ever feeling overwhelmed or stressed out in your career, and you don't know where to turn, you might want to get in touch with them. What this nonprofit does is connect you anonymously and by texting with a peer coach. Jamie Alexis will describe how their free coaching works. She'll talk about why one-on-one support can be so important in the workplace. And she'll tell us about how she's building her career as a social innovator. Jamie Alexis, I want to hear all about Empower Work and, and how it's finding new ways to support individuals in the workplace. But before we get into the details of all that, I'm kind of intrigued by your career. I have the sense that you started out as an academic, but you did not stay on that course. You've done a lot of different things. Could you tell us a little bit about how your career began and how it brought you here to uh, uh, pioneering with workplace issues? Sure. Well, I'm delighted to join today. Thanks so much for having me. And I sometimes jokingly say that I'm a recovering academic. Um, I spent, you know, many years thinking that the, my pathway to to really affecting change was through teaching and, and research. And I aspired to be a professor. And while I was in a, uh, my PhD program, I realized that um, while that's such an important pathway. Uh, I really wanted to get to change much sooner. Um, And so when I was looking at that, like eight to 10 years um, in a PhD program, I thought, okay, how can I jump in now? And that led me on a pathway um, working in international development, um, which set off of my my academic research. And ultimately, over the course of my career, I've had the privilege to work in a variety of settings focused on thinking about what are the ways in which, what are the levers we can, we can, really utilize to affect widespread change, whether that's investing in um, access to sexual and reproductive health or thinking about um, using government as a platform for change, sort of where are the ways in which we can make sure that everyone's able to thrive. And it sounds as though when you're talking about change, you're talking about a lot of different things because you've done... um, nonprofit news and and you've done well a variety of things how did you pick your issues and how did you end up with uh, looking at workplace matters that's a great question for me um, most of my career has been driven by where the opportunities the real inflection points um, at which people's opportunity to thrive may be impacted so um, Sometimes that's about information access. You know, do you have the information and tools that you need? Sometimes it's about healthcare access. Um, there are obviously a lot of different ways in which um, someone's opportunity to succeed can be impacted. 
And one of the biggest um, needs right now across the United States is in the workplace. You know, we know that unfortunately workplaces aren't working for most Americans. Um, stress levels, um, well-being, as well as sort of the economic aspect, you know, the ability for someone to earn a wage um, that's going to see that grow over time have all been um, unfortunately impacted. And we're on a, um, a little bit of a scary trajectory. Um, if we want, you know, uh, to continue to see the U.S. as an opportunity um, place, we need to change the way that workplaces are structured. So when you were thinking about these things, and I, I think a lot of people would agree with you, there is a lot of stress and unhappiness and dysfunction out there in so many places that people are working today. But when you thought, all right, this is an important thing. This is an area where I can make some change. I, here's something I think our listeners want to know. Where, how does a person make the leap from saying, this is a point where change could be profound and important to, this is how I'm going to do it. How did you go about setting up a new kind of organization? I, you know, I certainly did not intend to start a new organization. I should say my, you know, the curiosity that came about around this was really, um, at, for me, a really critical inflection point. So um, a couple of years ago, around the time that many headlines were emerging around Me Too, um, and particularly Susan Fowler's Uber memo that outlined situations and what that were, had impacted her there, a distant contact connected with me and was dealing with a really challenging situation in her um, in her workplace, which was very small. There was no HR. There were no resources really available to her. And she had reached out because she knew I'd been a longtime manager and she'd leveraged the heck out of her LinkedIn network to find someone she could talk to. She was first in her family to join this particular industry and no one in her immediate network um, was familiar with what she had experienced. At the end of that conversation, um, I left really questioning sort of why aren't there more resources available to someone who's in her situation? Because she was at the point where she was about to leave her job. She was about to leave the industry she had worked so hard to, to join. And it was this real, you know, in a way, people talk about these light bulb moments. For me, it was a light bulb moment of what, you know, what else is there that could help her? And that led me on a deep Google search that revealed there, there really wasn't much there. And then the question was, well, why isn't there something there? And that doesn't mean there needs to be a new organization or a new entity. We were really driven by, I should say, I was really driven at, at the first, and then it became a we, driven by this, what do people need? And that started with a very simple survey. And it asked a series of questions about what people had experienced in their workplace, um, what challenges they had faced, how hard were those challenges, what was the impact um, following that challenge. And we started to see this pattern of really adverse outcomes. And they were particularly um, negative for those who had less social capital in the workplace. So overwhelmingly um, of those we surveyed across industries, education, parts of the United States, the work challenges were nearly universal. 95% of people had had one. What was very stark was that 80% of those who, who were surveyed did not have a trusted resource to turn to. And that means that maybe they didn't have HR, maybe they didn't have somebody in their network. They didn't feel like they had the tools or the resources at their disposal to really think through how to handle it. And unfortunately, as a result, 
that means, particularly for those with less social capital, people were leaving jobs with no next job lined up, leaving a job and taking a pay cut, leaving an industry altogether. And you know, correlated research shows that there are these negative ripple effects. Um, and so we really wanted to see what are the opportunities available to shift that trajectory? How could we change the outcome? And it doesn't mean we're going to, you know, remove all tough work situations. <laughs> Those are going to happen. But it's really about how do we shift the possibility after that um, into a more positive. And so that's why we started Empower Work. Well, I think you made an important leap here. Now, as you know, I'm a coach. I've been a coach for a long time. And I, I think many coaches are like me. They've had other careers and they come to this line of work as a passion project of sorts. We really want to make things better. But we know that coaching is accessible only to relatively few people. And even though just about every coach I know donates some of their time, that still just doesn't even begin to address the needs and people particularly left out are the people who are already marginalized. So you spotted that and created a degree of coaching which is it's it's so um, small compared to kind of a big course of coaching and yet it seems like it's working. Can you tell us about what your process is and how your coaching takes place? Absolutely. And it's such a great point, too, I think, about the accessibility piece. Um, that was such a key element of what we found was this real gap in the market that if you work in a, in a situation in which your company or your business is willing and able to provide resources, there can be a degree of resources that exist. Um, and of course, on the, on the individual side, if you are um, in a situation in which you could access or pay for yourself, you know, whether that's a coach or other resources, um, those exist. And what we found was this big gap in the middle. So as you mentioned, particularly for those who are less represented or less resourced in their in their working situation, which is actually tens of millions of Americans. So there are 40 million Americans who work in companies less than 100 people. Um, and in those situations, you know, there often are not even, there's usually not a, an HR person, much less you know, we're going to provide coaching or an EAP or other available resources. So we wanted to particularly make sure that we were available to folks who were working in a variety of settings. And your point about coaching is so well taken. I mean, coaching is so important and there's research that shows the benefit and the tremendous um, positive outcome that can come from coaching. And yet so few people have access to that. And what we found was that the combination of both, um, you know, research-backed practices from coaching combined with information. So, for instance, we get um, situations where people are navigating fear of job loss. And so we're coaching around the emotions and the complexity of that, as well as providing uh, what can be really helpful tactical information. So, you know, if you're worried about losing your job and your job provides your health care for your family, where do you get that health care information? Maybe you've never... Um, had to deal with that before. And so we want to really talk through the situation as well as talk through the tactical sort of brass tacks of what do you do in that situation. So suppose a listener is thinking right now, this is exactly what I need. Can you tell them how they might get started and what they might expect if they come to you? Sure. So one of the things that's unique about us um, is that we provide all of this support over SMS or web chat. 
Um, and so anybody can connect with us by texting in with one of our trained peer counselors um, or accessing us through web chat on our website. And what we found, and again, sort of based in this very human-centered approach, people are often in their workplace. So maybe someone's listening to this um, in their workplace and they're going, oh my gosh, I, you know, I need to talk to someone. Um, that's why we're there and that's why we are a written resource because we found that people don't want to be overheard in their web in their um, workspace or for instance like on the bus or in an elevator you know we want to make sure that we're there so what to expect um, typically conversations are somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour depending on what someone's experiencing and we also see that people take pauses um, you know it's like sometimes someone will say like oh my manager just walked by I'm sorry <laughs> like step yeah. away from my phone um, and uh, what to expect is you know, really our training peer counselors are there to be a sounding board, to listen, um, to reflect, to partner with the person and think through what the person values, what outcomes they want. And then, as I mentioned, if needed, we'll connect folks with vetted resources. So who are your um, coaches? I It says online peer coaches, and I have a sense that many of them are volunteers, but it also sounded like a lot of them are professionals with all kinds of skills. Who, who are they? Yes, well, they are phenomenal individuals who um, are motivated, as we are, you know, to really make workplaces work for folks. And so for them, it means spending a couple hours a week being available to respond to these questions, to engage with folks at these critical work moments. As you mentioned, they're all volunteers. Um, everyone is a working professional, and that includes folks who are long-time coaches, um, maybe folks who work in HR, people who are long-term managers. Um, we have people from all different industries. You know, we have emergency um, personnel, emergency service personnel to uh, chefs. You know, it's like this whole, it spans industries, it spans backgrounds. Um, but universally, people are motivated, motivated by the fact that we know that having um, a support at these moments is really important. And so what people, I think, what a lot of our volunteers love about it is you can do it from anywhere. You know, you can do it from your couch. You can do it, take a break um, over your lunch break. You know, it's a it's a really nice way to give back um, that where you gain skills and new, new tools and resources from our training. Um, and through these conversations, they really are connective and deep, even though they're one-off. Um, we see these incredible connections made between volunteers and texters where, you know, uh, I like to, to jokingly say, and this is someone who gave us permission to share, you know, at the end of a conversation once a texter said, um, are you, you know, are you a fairy godmother for work? <laughs> and, <laughs> That's great. And the, and the volunteer said, you know, you make me feel like one, you know, and it's, and those are the kind of connections I mean, where there's this real sense of like, I felt heard, I felt really listened to um, on the texture side. And I think on the volunteer side, this real sense of like, I've helped, I've helped make someone's day better or this really tough moment has shifted in some way that's very profound. Um, and that means a lot on both sides. What kind of issues uh, do you typically get? Are there some issues you see again and again? We do. We see overwhelmingly um, the top issues people reach out about are a manager issue, a colleague or a team issue. So that's about 35% of our 
conversations where someone initiates saying, you know, I've, I've just experienced something with my manager or I've got something I want to talk about with my team. That can be tied to many other things. So sometimes that's tied to um, aspects of race or gender. Um, sometimes that's tied to, you know, performance issues or communications. Um, the way that we structure when people ask about issues, we define that as the number one thing that someone reaches out about. So they initiate and say, I want to talk about um, an issue with my manager. So that's about 35% um, of the total issues. And of course, that's tied to feelings. It's tied to concerns about uh, finances. Overwhelmingly, folks who reach out express concern about their financial um, situation in light of what they're experiencing. So if you're worried about losing your job, obviously that's a financial concern. But you know, a surprise performance improvement plan or feedback about your performance can also um, flag concerns about your financial security. What we see in coaching uh, is very often what somebody might call a presenting issue. This is why they want to start talking. And you kind of get that out of the way quickly. And then you kind of get to what's really troubling them, that very often it's hard to categorize. And um, particularly if people feel like they're, oh, marginalized, they're the only woman, the only person of color, that somehow they're part of a system that doesn't fully account for them, um, they may call perhaps for a, a reason about getting along with their manager. And really, it's a sense of isolation and so much deeper things. Does, does it happen like that sometimes? Absolutely. And, you, you know, unfortunately, we hear the only a lot. And there's a lot that comes with that. You know, there's emotional weight, there's emotional burden. Um, and, you know, as we were talking about earlier, that sense of stress and how it's impacting your well-being. You know, we'll have folks, we had um, donated bus ads that were up around San Francisco. And, you know, we had folks who were saying, you know, I just I just called in sick to work because I'm so overwhelmed. I Like, I can't face going in. Um, and that is often tied to isolation, social isolation, um, other aspects of feeling, as you said, that the system is really not set up um, to support you. And that's one of the things that we want to shift overall to provide that space to talk through it individually and to also take a step back and say, what are we seeing in this landscape that needs to shift, that needs to change? Um, because changing that at the systemic level is also really important. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Master's in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash School. So if people are leaders, managers, and they're trying to 
improve their workplaces. And I find that most people really are trying hard to be decent, but sometimes don't know how. One of the things that that managers can do is to find ways to provide individual attention. I mean, people are often so isolated in work that that having um, just um, a, a limited amount of counseling or um, a mentoring program so that you can connect with another person, those can be powerful things, that individual attention, right? Oh, absolutely. I think it, I was at this wonderful convening last week where someone said, there was a new research study, and, I, and I'm sorry that I'm blinking on the name of it, but that showed that um, just saying, just a manager saying hi every day dramatically changed someone's sense of happiness at work. By, it was some staggering number. Yeah. And sometimes I think we, we jump to these bigger things like, oh, our company needs a mentorship program or we need this. And it's like sometimes what we all need is like the five minutes to, you know, if you're remote, if you have a remote team, using a remote tool like Slack or, you know, um, some sort of web chat or just picking up the phone and, and calling and saying, you know, Hey, how was your weekend? You know, it's Monday morning. How are you doing? Um, or stopping by their desk or, or checking in that sort of thing. I think, especially now with all of the time pressures in, you know, in our work environments, we have the sense of like, we don't have time for small chat or we don't have time for, um, like a quick hello. And that in and of itself can be so uh, wildly, amazingly helpful um, that sets up that larger you know, sense of emotional security at work. If your boss isn't saying hi to you or you're, you feel like you can't even check in about a weekend, how are you going to check in about something that's much more substantial? So if a listener is having a tough time at work today, and maybe they're not quite ready uh, to connect with empowerwork.org. Do you have any suggestion of what a person can do by themselves today or tomorrow to start feeling more connected? Absolutely. So the two, you know, the two things that we say, whether you're someone who's feeling isolated or you're wanting to be more supportive in your workplace, um, is to reach out to a colleague. So if there's someone, if you're facing something challenging and you know you're not sure if you're ready to reach out to Empower Work, you can reach out, you know, reach out to a, a colleague and think about who have you had a great connection with. Um, sometimes we forget, you know, oh, there was a coworker in another office who I had a great, you know, chat in the kitchen over coffee about. Maybe I can circle back with them and and check in with them about a question. Um, thinking about who can be your internal structure um, can be really helpful. And sometimes, you know, that can mean taking a step back and and reflecting on what relationships you have in your current work environment. And I think for the person who wants to offer help, you know, if you see someone who, you know, maybe they're having a tough time, maybe they've shared that they're having a tough time, creating that space. Um, and one of the most helpful ways we offer to do that is to is to ask really open-ended questions. Um, so by that, the difference between have you tried something versus what's going on with you today? Uh, actually what's going on with you today can, can be a little bit negative, but like, Hey, tell me, you know, tell me how you're doing today. Being in an open space can really signal to someone. Um, I can have a conversation, um, questions like, have you tried something signal or kind of like advice hidden in the question 
So I think those are two ways that you, know, you can think about who you have a connection with. And then also if you're looking around and realizing that maybe some coworkers need some support, creating that openness. Yeah, I, this is such important stuff. I just want to recap a little bit here. For people who are feeling isolated or maybe um, are concerned about some of their colleagues maybe feeling isolated, it's important to know that you don't have to have a best friend or a, a deep relationship in order to have the benefits of being part of a community. So if, if you want to help make your workplace a, a place where people can feel more connected, just asking how people are and looking them in the eye or connecting online or however it is you connect, reaching out. And then if you get in any kind of conversation, actually listening so that people feel heard. Those, those are great ways to start building a more connected place, right? To, to make it possible for people to have the start of relationships that could become more supportive. Absolutely. And they seem so, you know, they're incredibly simple in a lot of ways, and they're amazingly profound. Um, the power of human connection, I think, can't be overestimated. <laughs> now, you sound like you're speaking from experience. Have you had profound experiences so that you've learned what it meant to you? I've certainly seen that from a, you know, from both sides, from being in a situation where I felt um, completely isolated and, um, you know, I, I once had a, a mentor of mine berate me in a public hallway in front of probably 30 to 40 other colleagues, and nobody said a thing. And it was, I mean, I, I felt like I had been punched. Um, I mean, it was verbal, but it was so strong, and it just completely caught me off guard. And it was, I, I owe how I responded to that in large part because a colleague I'd maybe had a 30-second conversation with at one point came over afterwards and, and asked if I wanted to go to lunch. And it it was one of the most human and thoughtful things. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the people who knew me super well who asked me to go to lunch. <laughs> it was this person I'd barely had a conversation with. And it really meant so much that um, that, that took place. And um, I've tried to do that throughout my career, if, you know, whether as a manager or as a colleague, if I see something you know, to reach out to someone and say, hey, how are, you, how are you doing? You know, what was the impact for you? Do you want to go for a quick walk? Do you want to grab a coffee? Um, and I think that that can mean a lot to people. Yeah, that's, that's a really important point. So this sounds like you're doing terrific work. What if somebody wants to become uh, a part of your team, maybe to volunteer as a coach or um, how, how do people get involved in what you're doing? And is it only in San Francisco or how far can the reach be? Well, we are, we are a nationwide service. So we are available to anybody who's in the U.S. Um, and we have volunteers who work for U.S.-based companies but are actually situated abroad. So no matter where you are, uh, we would love to have you if you're interested in volunteering. You can go to our website, empowerwork.org and check out opportunities there. We ask for about a two hour a week commitment for six months, but we're very flexible on what that looks like. Um, and you know, for anyone who's um, engaged and excited about our mission, there are ways to get involved. So whether that's volunteering or thinking about um, sharing us with your community. We work with a lot of um, community organizations 
that support folks that are underrepresented or under-resourced um, in their working environment. So again, encourage people to go to the website and, and check that out. Um, and of course, for anyone who's facing something challenging, we're here. Um, and part of what we want to make sure is that everyone has an accessible resource when they need it. Um, and we're excited that we started in the past year and we're excited for scaling um, in the future. Well, it sounds like a, a wonderful enterprise. Now, we started um, our chat talking about your career, and let's finish that way too a bit. I am fascinated by people who start in one direction and then create something more meaningful and then go in a different direction and create something else meaningful uh, and keep on succeeding at it. I, I You explained the importance of shift points and things like that, but do you have any other tips for people who are feeling discouraged, maybe they feel like there's no place to go or they're just burned out. Do you have any tips for other people who want to be as innovative and as successful as you are? Well, I appreciate that compliment. Um, you know, I think it's all about what is meaningful for each person. Um, and having, having an impact can mean so many different things. Um, and it's all about, you know, for me, that's been an ongoing uh, reflection of what are my skills, what am I passionate about, and how do I apply those in, in ways that, that work for me. Um, and that's going to be different for every person. You know, I think for, for some people who may be feeling stuck or that they want to have a different impact, that might mean being an entrepreneur. You know, what are the things you can change within your existing environment or within your existing company? And for others, it might be, you know, I'm going to totally switch careers. You know, I want to move from um, one industry to another, or I want to move from a particular job to something entirely different. Um, and I think for me, what's been most helpful is having uh, a network of a sounding board to say, you know, I'm thinking about this idea, or I'm thinking about this transition. Does this seem to resonate with what you know of me? Or um, kind of cross-checking that. And I found that to be really helpful, um, because if you have some truth tellers in your network, they might say, oh, this is, you know, at least for me with EmpowerWorks, someone said, this is the thing you've always meant to do. Like, this makes so much sense. This is exactly who you are. Um, but at other points, that hasn't been the case. I've had people say, I don't know why you applied for that job. That does not sound like you at all. Yeah. <laughs> so both of those, you know, both of those can be really helpful. I think that's good advice. Uh, get feedback and um, keep connecting with people as you're kind of navigating your path. Well, this has been wonderful. I, um, I'm so interested in what you're doing, and um, I appreciate your joining me here today. Thank you so much. This was delightful. Thanks so much. Today we've been talking with Jamie Alexis Fowler the leader of EmpowerWork.org. That's a place where you can find free workplace support simply with a confidential text. Today's career tip is that you can give powerful support to a friend or coworker simply by listening. Maybe you can't solve their problems, but you can help by giving them a safe place to talk about their challenges. If you've enjoyed our show, please tell your friends. And if you love this podcast, I would so appreciate a five-star rating. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. 
I'm your host, Beverly Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. 